You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side studios. Man, the local, the state, the national, all the issues. We cover down solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, it is Thursday, which around here we like to call uh, Friday Eve. <laughs> so, and Boomer's on the board. Hey, brother, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? Boomer, is that a new microphone? Oh, new for in here, yes. It's uh. <laughs> That's rather attractive. Well, thank you. <laughs> just, and it actually sounds good. So well, thank you. You sound smooth. Smooth. All right. It's it's all about the microphone. We don't, it, it is. Boomer it has and I to both start have at the source. Yeah, both Boomer and I both have raspy, you know, throaty voices, and <laughs> the microphones change everything. But um, all right, man. Uh, we got a great show lined up for you. Three o'clock today. You're going to want to stay tuned. Uh, now, former Congressman Mo Brooks is going to be on the air with us. He issued a press release last night, uh, contacted me and said, hey, I got this thing coming. I want to email it to you. And, uh, and, and basically, he's calling out members of Congress for giving themselves what is basically a secret pay raise. He said it effectively raises their pay 39%, and they didn't do it with public debate. They didn't. Do, and I want to hear more about this. So I texted him early this morning. I'm talking like 5.15 or something. And I said, do you have time to call in today? And he said, I do. So 3 o'clock today, former Congressman Mo Brooks calling in to give us the straight skinny on this secret pay raise. Uh, and then I got a triple dipper full of stuff, some of which is breaking even as we speak. So hit it, bud. The Triple Dipper. Three stories you've got to know. That's right. The Triple Dipper. Three stories, three themes, if you will, that you have got to know. So we're going to start off with a whole batch of home fries. You know, Boomer, we got to get a. Uh, if I'm going to keep doing home fries, we got to get like the sound of something sizzling in a pan as one of our sound Ooh, effects. Ooh, that, that may, maybe bacon sizzling in a pan. <laughs> well, it's got to be home fries. Oh, just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> it would be fries. You're right. <laughs> well, we'll anyway, home fries. Uh, that's what we cover down on news that surround this listening area. Things you got to know. And by the way, some of it is storm related because we've had some major storms going through. Thanks much to John from Huntsville who's already texted in asking if we were up and running. Yes, we are, John. Hope you're well where you are. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a day full of news for folks in Alabama. We'll talk about that. Number one on the Triple Dipper, home fries. Number two, oh, yeah, the paper trail. The paper trail. Did you hear they found another tranche of documents, classified documents, tucked away somewhere special, not really, for Biden? So, yeah, round two of Biden's paper trail and this time it gets a little worse. And oh, by the way, even as I'm speaking, the White House is doing a briefing to announce that, yes, Attorney General Merrick Garland is indeed appointing a special counsel to investigate the sitting president. Wow. All right. So, yeah, there's that. Number two on the Triple Dipper, the paper trail. We'll cover it. And then number three, it's not a woke world. I'm just calling this one, I kid you not, because every single one of the stories that I've got racked up in that section come from an official governmental source. It's not like it's somebody on libs of TikTok or something else. It's like, okay, that's a government official who said this. That's a government official who did that. That's a regulatory policy enacted by that bureaucratic agency. I kid you not, some of the stuff coming out of that whole section is just going to curl your hair, man. So y'all stay tuned. Number three in the Triple Dipper, I kid you not. 
Well, let me um, let me jump over to my comments here. Um, and, and I got to tell you, this one this one kind of hits personal, to be honest with you. Uh, it's a pet peeve of mine. And I'll start off by saying this morning I saw a statement from Senator Chuck Grassley letting people know that he's recovering well from a hip surgery. Now, it's not clear what caused the condition that warranted surgery, but it is notable that Grassley is 89 years old. I mean, the Iowa Republican was just sworn in for an eighth term in the U.S. Senate, meaning he's already served there for 42 years. And he's now the longest serving member of the upper chamber. But my real point in bringing this up is that Grassley, like many other members of U.S. society, just had hip surgery. And my point in saying that is he's a real person, a real person with real problems and real concerns and joys and all of it, just like everyone else. Why am I saying this? Because just like many politicians who get inside their bubble and they forget about their constituents in the outside world, it's also easy for those of us in the outside world to lose sight of the fact that we may well be getting into our own bubble at times and forgetting that elected officials are still elected people, real people. Now, if you've listened to this show or read my weekly op-eds or heard one of our podcasts, then you know that if an elected official needs to be called out, I'll do it. I don't mind telling someone they're wrong or that they're headed in a dangerous direction. But I also don't mind saying when someone's done something right in their official capacity. There's a dangerous precedent set when we begin, we begin to vilify elected officials and lump them into some preconceived notional box and deny that anything good can come of their time in office simply because they've chosen to be an elected official. When we do that, it's called objectification, literally degrading someone or something to the status of being nothing more than a mere object. And when we do that, when we objectify someone and degrade them in our own minds because of something that we think we know because we've become so entrenched in our own viewpoint, then we are literally dishonoring ourselves. We are indicating to the world around us, too, that by objectifying someone or some group that we don't have the personal integrity or the personal acumen or the personal insight to view them on a case-by-case basis. When people objectify elected officials, they wind up diminishing their own ability to even be heard or to be influential. And aside from that, it's just plain wrong. Now, I saw something else this morning that combines with the Grassley story to spark this commentary today. Laura Loomer is a conservative activist. I probably agree with her on policy. I don't agree with her in some of her actions. But she's known for getting out there with her comments. This morning she attempted to rip Congressman Dan Crenshaw for not being present to vote on a pro-life bill in Congress yesterday. So without knowing the facts, Loomer lashed out on social media, tagged Crenshaw in the thing in the, in the post, and called Crenshaw a rhino for not being present. Well, it turns out that Crenshaw was actually on an excused absence to attend the funeral of a friend who was an active-duty Navy SEAL. Loomer had already determined that she knew what she knew about Crenshaw, and that objectification predetermined her misguided assumption that she was, he was just off on some kind of a lark. Listen, I've seen this myself. I recall not long ago being in a meeting with a guy who I considered a friend who began to make comments about the Alabama legislature. They're all corrupt, he said. Special interests run everything and everybody. They're all corrupt. To which I had to respond that I had been in the same legislature for eight years. Did he think I was corrupt? And did he think that a number of others who I consider to be solid individuals, they're also corrupt? because I know them personally. Well, it took him aback for a second. And his response was, well, you've restored a bit of hope for me. But the point is, he didn't bother to ask or to even try to know them. He just sat in his bubble and objectified anyone who dared to be an elected official. Now, last week on the floor of the U.S. House of Representatives, we watched real debate. 
And while members spoke from the podium and the clerk called the roll for votes, you could see the members of the body talking amongst themselves. And then Twitter got real busy for a while when conservative firebrand Matt Gates and fellow Republican Paul Gosar were seen talking with liberal firebrand Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Scores of articles were written about the fact that the two were seen having what appeared to be substantive conversations with AOC. Newsweek even ran with a headline that read, quote, everything we know about AOC's talks with Gosar and Gates. Shameful. How can they do that? How can they sit and talk with each other? Aren't they aware how that looks? Well, the real question is, why would anyone think they shouldn't talk to each other? When I was in Montgomery, there were members of the state Senate with whom I rarely, if ever, agreed with on matters of policy and politics. One of those was Senator Vivian Figures, but I still considered her to be a friend. We always sat by each other in Judiciary Committee, and I was proud for her when the Judiciary Committee hearing room was named for her deceased husband, the former state senator, Michael Figures. I had someone once who I had greeted daily during my early morning jogs for months suddenly yell at me during a beautiful spring morning run that he didn't plan to say hello or make time for me anymore because he had figured out that I was, quote, one of them. Basically, the teachers union had told him what to think of me, and immediately I went into the objectification mode in his mind, despite the fact that we had been greeting each other warmly every morning for months. 1 Peter 3.15 says in the message paraphrase that we should, quote, Be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are and always with the utmost courtesy. So yeah, speak up. Share your thoughts and concerns, but remember that how you say it matters too. And my point here today is that when we jump out there with blanket accusations, much like Laura Loomer did with Dan Crenshaw, we do our team no good. We get so wrapped up in our bubbles that we think we know what we know only to find out that all we've really done is objectify someone to the extent that we have lost sight of the fact that while we may disagree on something, that we could actually work together on something else tomorrow. So yeah, call them out when they need it. I called out Dan Crenshaw several times lately. But keep in mind that it is fully possible to be an adversary without being adversarial. It is fully possible to disagree without being disagreeable. And elected officials, well, they're actually people elected people who have hip surgeries and have to miss work to attend the funeral of a friend, and they have rooms named after their loved ones, and if we objectify them and just lump them into some preconceived category, then we have done no one any good, including ourselves. And that's a wrap for The Right Side Way. Well, there you go. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was a it was a pet peeve of mine, the very idea there were people I used to go to church with that wouldn't talk to me anymore. What, what is wrong with you people? I may not like that policy, and I may get irritated at the person. But the truth is, when you blanket objectify everyone because they're an elected official, you've already lost the argument. You just cut yourself out of the debate. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. You guys stay tuned. We got a whole lot more.
And we're back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, covering all of North Alabama, solid conservative and just plain right. First part of the Triple Dipper today is going to be on home fries. Might as well start off by just talking about what's been going on with storms. I mean, Charlene uh, was texting me updates. We just got power back on at our house uh, just about, you know, the last 10 minutes. Wow. But uh, it's been something else around the state. And by the way, this is January, right? It, it last is. Last I checked. It is January. What the heck, man? It is like 60, like upper 60 degrees around the state and tornadoes. And I just saw a report a while ago that said that, uh, and then tonight, the front coming in is going to drop the temperature, temperature so significantly we might see snow flurries in North Alabama. <laughs> wow. In one day. In one day, 70 degrees, tornadoes, and possible snow flurries. I mean, wow. What? The- but, I mean, uh, have you seen some of the damage that's been going around? Right, I mean, today. No, I know you were checking it when I was uh, when I was uh, doing my part a minute yeah, ago. Yeah, I, what I was got? looking at a few posts from James Spann and like downtown Selma, and just Selma in general. I mean, wow, there's so much just uh, tornado damage. Selma down yonder in Dallas County. Mm-hmm. Um, what are, what are the locations where we're we talking see, about? I mean, there's some other ones like. Can you say uh, Elmore County? Elmore earlier? County, right? Yeah, here. that's the Watumka area. There's like uh, 18 wheelers flipped over. Holy cow. Yeah. And um, let's see, where else? Lots of Selma pictures. Um, I-65 north of Prattville. North north of Prattville? North of Prattville. There's okay. a couple of semis turned over over there. Man. Yeah. That's Jeff, a serious straight line right. winds and all, too. Up there, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, wow. I mean, I know you were talking about how, you know, y'all had huge gusts just over at your house. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it was it was just big time storming here at the studio, but man. But but, I, but we literally live we live ten minutes from here. Yeah, and and so yeah, here at the studio, pouring down rain, dark skies, wild big storm. Charlene texted me and said it's gotten so bad here the power went out and it's 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 taking the furniture and moving it around on the deck out back. Whoa. Um, and it's not like a little lawn chair. It's like, you know, taking the covers off of the 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 tables and, you know, and, and moving things around that are kind of heavy. Um, man, so it just depends on where you sit at the time, I guess. But yeah, so if you're out there right now, just be careful. My understanding is the worst of it is past us. Uh, last I checked the radar, am I correct, Boomer, and saying that it appears that the majority of the front has already moved through the, the, the actual rain and damaging uh, winds? Yeah, it, on the radar, that's what it looks like. Where is it now? Where's the big red band? The big red band, I mean, it's it's basically all the way past. It still looks like there's a little bit down in the uh, south part of the state. Okay. Um. Is it mostly over towards Georgia now? And, and mostly over towards Georgia, but I think Montgomery's still getting hit, possibly right now. That is unreal. That we are sitting here in January, dealing with tornadoes, and uh, I got to find this thing. Charlene sent me something the other day that was just way too funny. I got to see if I can find it real quick about a lady talking about the weather in Alabama. Um, oh shoot! Here, oh wait, is that it? Nope, that's not it. Uh, it was it was it was just way too good. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here's somebody posted this on their Facebook page. You ready? Yes. Said if you're thinking about moving to the south, here's a little heads up. It's 75 degrees today. A week ago it was five degrees. Yeah, it's colder other places. You're getting snow. Blah blah blah. Let me tell you something. If you're not emotionally prepared to go out in flip flops that morning to cover your pipes for the weather that night, that that's not the life for you. <laughs> We went through all four seasons twice in less than two weeks, including tornadoes, and we didn't know what we might land on. The National Weather Service is even winging it. It's like a giant roulette wheel of weather here in the winter. Summers are predictable. It's hot or it's raining, or it's hot and raining. (laughs) Winters, though, we don't even know. (laughs) We don't even know. We don't even know. 
Weather service is winging it, man. Flip of a coin. Giant roulette whale of weather here in Alabama. You don't like the weather? Just wait 10 minutes. It will change. Um, I got family up in Michigan right now. They can, they can predict. They get up in the morning. They know to wear a jacket. It's, it's not uncommon for an Alabamian to be standing there with a sweater on talking to his friend who's wearing a golf shirt. You know, it just, it just, it just I mean, well, look at us. We're sitting in the studio right now. Boomer's wearing a T-shirt. I've got a, uh, like a pullover on top of a button down. <laughs> this morning, I think my son had a uh, tank top on. Yeah. Well, all right. All God, kinds of crazy. God bless all y'all that are out there that uh, they got hit with some weather. Um, I've got, uh, I've got family that work for the utilities companies in uh, North Alabama too. And I'll, I'll, I'll check in with them and find out if they have any outages that we need to talk about. But in the meantime, if you see of any things out there, like something going on that's uh, disrupting traffic or whatever else you think the world needs to know about, you let us know and we'll put that out on the air. But for right now, it does appear that the vast majority of the dangerous weather has passed by. And, uh, and so um, uh, blessings on the rest of you. As, uh, and I hope the power gets up and the damage is not too bad uh, down in Selma. In fact, in fact, Selma was on CNN a while ago. Um, it's bad enough to where it's made national news. Wow. Um, so... Wow. Yeah, in fact, here we go. You know what? I, just, I clicked over here, CNN. Tornado causes significant damage in Selma, uh, the mayor says, as severe storms rake the southeast. Uh, it says a huge tornado tore through the Alabama city of Selma Thursday, causing significant damage. One of more than a dozen twister. I didn't know that. There were 12 twisters in Alabama Whoa, today? I had no clue. Good Lord. It says a large and extremely dangerous tornado in Selma was confirmed by the National Weather Service. It hit at 12.19 p.m. Um, telling people to stay off the road, yada, yada. says the storm, and it talks about people's houses that were damaged. And, um, but right now, we don't have any reports of, uh, of injuries. Goodness. Unreal. Mm. Well, all right. We'll keep track of it. You see things we need to know, uh, you guys let us know, and uh, we'll go from there. All right, man. Well, listen, we're going to wind up taking a break here in a second. When we come right back, we're going to jump into Home Fries, number one on the Triple Dipper. And we still got to find the sound effect for that, Boomer. Got to do it. Got to do it. We'll, we'll find some home fries. Home fries. See if we can find something with some potatoes sizzling in the pan. <laughs> All right, folks. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. side ruffians out there you are listening to right side radio solid conservative just plain right and we are back phil williams right side radio covering all of north alabama solid conservative and just plain right, covering some ground. I'm talking about we are way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, and Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. All right, so we are in number one of the Triple Dipper, Home Fries. 
home fries, things happening around the homeland here, Alabama, the great state of Alabama. Love, by the way, love my state. Love my state. It's, does it have its warts and blemishes? Of course. Uh, every state does. I feel like we have fewer than others. How about that? Um, there's a, a variety of stories here that I want to cover on uh, and, and, and just, just touch through some things that are happening that I think are notable. And they also say something about who we are as a people in a way. They also talk about where we're standing in the news. Uh, keep in mind, a moment ago, uh, CNN was reporting on Selma, Alabama with tornado damage. It is significant. Um, we'll keep you posted on that as it develops. Another story I've got here, though. So, yeah, Alabama made waves the other day. The state of Alabama's Republican Party issued a position of no confidence in the current National Republican chair, uh, Ronald McDaniel. They, they, they literally said, they, those are the words, no confidence. Uh, they believe they need new leadership. They believe it's time to move forward from someone who presided over very tepid response or results uh, in the midterm elections. And uh, I, I, I get it. Well, one of the major competitors for um, position as the National Party chair is, is, is uh, Harmeet Dillon. If you're not familiar with Harmeet Dillon, she's often on Fox News as a contributor. Uh, Harmeet Dillon is the chair of the Republican National Lawyers Association, the former vice chair of the California Republican Party. Um, she's extremely well-spoken, extremely sharp, uh, comes across uh, very well on the uh, conservative uh, positions. And, uh, and I, I like her. I don't know anything about her capability to lead, but I will say this. Uh, she has great presence. And I, I don't doubt for a second that she is um, ideologically aligned with the conservative side of the Republican Party. That, that's the way it feels to me just by watching her presentation and the things she says. All right. That being said, I, don't, I didn't know this till today. Actually, I take it back. I got an email. I got an email request for comment from, I think it was from NBC News yesterday. NBC News asking if I knew anything about an alleged... Um, questioning of Harmeet Dillon's faith by members of the Republican Executive Committee. Uh, didn't even bother responding. Because number one, I don't. And number two, why would I want to go fan that flame? Um, so I'm not aware of anything like that. But nonetheless, story broke this morning on AL.com. Actually, it came out last night. Alabama GOP shocked by RNC chair's candidate's Harmeet Dillon's letter on Sikh faith. So apparently she's a Sikh. Uh, S-I-K-H, um, says the Alabama Republican Party on Thursday said it was shocked that a Sikh candidate for chair of the Republican National Committee sent the organization a letter claiming concerns were raised by some state GOP activists, quote, regarding my faith and how that would impact my ability to champion our nation's Judeo-Christian values. Uh, says Harmeet Dillon said the founding fathers prioritized faith and considered religious liberty to be so foundational that it is the very first item referenced in the First Amendment of our Bill of Rights. Harmeet Dillon, along with MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell and a couple of others, is challenging Ronald McDaniel. Uh, she did not say which Republican Party of act activists from Alabama had concerns about her faith. And that's, that's what bugs me, is this feels like an allegation that I got to get out there and make waves. And, and, and some believe it's a whisper campaign. Some believe that maybe even Ronna McDaniel herself is doing the whisper. Well, don't you know? Don't you know? She's not a Christian. Uh, you know, while I would love for everyone to share my faith, I believe that it's okay for someone to not share my faith and then still be able to capably lead 
a secular organization like the RNC. That being said, I don't know where this came from. Uh, The spokeswoman for the Alabama GOP says the steering committee was blindsided by Dylan's email, Hermit Dylan's email. In other words, she basically what happened is this. Words getting out there that someone from Alabama is questioning her faith because she's not a Christian, allegedly. Harmeet Dillon is attacking this firsthand. She sent an email to the members of the executive committee, apparently, and said, well, stop. <laughs> and, and this is being said about me. No one knows who's saying it. So there's that. But then a guy named Chris Horn an Alabama Republican. I, I know. I know Chris Horn. I know who he is. Anyway, uh, I, I, anyway, the bottom line is Chris Horn ran for office most recently. Chris Horn, an Alabama Republican and a former candidate for Secretary of State, told NBC News he spoke with other activists about Dylan's religion, but he said the conversations were not malicious, and he said it's okay to be a big tent party and ask questions. So she's a Sikh. What does that mean? How does that impact policy? Maybe she'd be awesome. Um, but he's also a Ronald McDaniel fan. The spokeswoman for the Alabama Party, and I'll end with this, says, Harmeet Dillon's letter came as a surprise to our committee. We have not heard anything about her faith or an issue with it before or after Saturday's meeting. So anyway, end result of this is ain't nobody knows who said what, and accusations are flying. Do we care that she's a Sikh? I don't. Maybe some of y'all do. I mean, I, I think she could still do a good job. Boomer, I'm looking over there. Our text line blew up, man. man. Just Wow. Yeah. Uh, tell you what, you want to check some of those, and if there's something we need to jump in there on home fries, let me know. Or somebody's got a major weather thing, I don't know. Um, hey, I've got a story here. Mo Brooks issued a press release. We're going to have him on top of the hour. Uh, now former Congressman Mo Brooks will be with us at 3 o'clock to talk about um, – he said that there was a basically a clandestine means by which Congress gave itself a $39,000 pay increase. What? All right, I'm not going to go into it all because I'm going to save that for the conversation with Mo Brooks. But if that happened, let me tell you, I'm going to have a beef with it. That – do Cong- by the way, I'm not one of those that goes, well, they should go broke being a public official. No, I don't believe that for a second. I can tell you that when I ran in 2010, I ran in part because the Democrats who had controlled the legislature in Montgomery before I got there had given themselves a 65% pay increase. It was awful. A 65% pay bump, and they just rammed that sucker through, made sure they got themselves taken care of. So a bunch of us ran, naming that as one of our key issues. I got to Montgomery. I refused to take my full legislative pay while I was there. I was one of three people, I think, that refused to take our full legislative pay. And I can tell you, too, it's freaking expensive. Because you go down there, you got to stay in a hotel. You go down there, you got to stay somewhere. Some guys bring their campers down there. Some guys were sleeping in their offices. And at some point, you're racking up a bill. And so for the first quadrennium, we actually passed. I was, I was the one who went to the floor of the Senate to be the, the lead debater in favor of reducing legislative pay. And we did. Keep that in mind. If you ever wonder whether or not you can see something happen where you can tell that they were doing something for the greater good and not for themselves, there was that day when we voted to reduce our own pay in Montgomery, effectively but it couldn't take effect until the end of the quadrennium because it was the thing, the way the cycle worked, you had to do it at the beginning of the next four-year term. So, yeah, uh, I can just tell you, that credit card had a bunch of hotels on it. It just did. And it's expensive to be in office. So I do not believe for a second 
that there's no way in the world they should ever vote themselves a pay raise. They're the only ones that can give themselves a pay raise. But when they do it, they better do it right. They better do it in a way that is open and transparent. And from what we're seeing from Mo Brooks's statement here, it does not sound like it was. All right, Perry County. You know, it just seems like Perry County has problems. <sighs> Story on AL.com. By the way, I'm bouncing around here, shifting gears a little bit. Perry County Commission Chairman charged with voting multiple times and stuffing the ballot box. Kid you not. AL.com. Story broke yesterday. Perry County Commission Chairman Albert Turner Jr. has been indicted on voter fraud charges. Fourth Judicial Circuit District Attorney Michael Jackson. I've met Michael Jackson in Montgomery. He came and testified before one of my committees when I was down there. Uh, Seems like a good dude. Anyway, uh, along with Alabama Secretary of State John Merrill, announced the two-count indictment Wednesday. Turner uh, is the son of civil rights activist Albert Turner Sr. He's charged with voting more than once, which is a misdemeanor, and harvesting ballots, which is a felony. Uh, District Attorney Michael Jackson said Turner is accused of stuffing ballots into a voting machine in the May Democratic primary election. Says he was there most of the day stuffing filled out ballots in favor of the candidates he was supporting. By the way, one of those candidates appears to have been um, his brother, no, his cousin, who was, by the way, running against Michael Jackson. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up. You can't look at, if I was to write a script for a, you know, homegrown corruption case. So let me get this straight. The county commission chairman, his cousin is running for district attorney. County commission chairman is now indicted for stuffing ballots into the ballot box and harvesting ballots from people for candidates he favored, which you got to know means his cousin who was running against the guy who just joined with Secretary of State Merrill to bring the charges and the indictment. You, it's, hard, it's hard to get more inbred than that. But there it is. Turner has answered the press. Turner did not return comment to AL.com, but he did speak to the Associated Press. He says he didn't know about those charges. <laughs> I didn't know I'd been indicted. Have mercy. I've been indicted on a felony? Pray tell. I did not know this. But he says, quote, I'm not concerned about any charge he's announced, and I will not waste any energy on political theater. It's mighty funny that little Mike, <laughs> Mike, that little Mike waited till he was leaving office to make his charge because he knows he can't prove his case. Okay. How about little Mike's leaving office on schedule? He's not leaving like trying to throw this out there just right the last second before he goes. All right. That, that kind of crap's got to stop. The commission chairman, literally indicted now for stuffing the ballot boxes. Oh, my word. All right, listen. Um, Text lines are blowing up. We'll check some of those and come back after this next break. Uh, Boomer, take me to the break, brother. We'll do that right now. We'll come right back, finish up home fries. What is our attorney general saying about the fact that the Biden administration wants to mail abortion pills to the state of Alabama? Hmm. I think he's got something to say. And then are we going to receive any tax relief? Uh, You might be getting a check in the mail. I'll tell you what Senator Orr said about that. Y'all stay tuned. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We will return.
And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just plain right. We're in this number one of the Triple Dipper, Home Fries. And I'm going to be uh, uh, going into the next story here just one minute. i got to tell you, though, the weather is already changing. Boomer just <laughs> yeah. remarked, though, the sun's coming out outside the studio here. I just looked at the uh, the weather on my, uh, my weather app, and the temperature has already dropped six degrees. You're going to need sunglasses in a minute because it's so a sunny and a jacket because it's starting to get cold. But I did get a weather update right here. Someone sent it to us. Um, sorry, I forgot to look who it was because all of our text <laughs> Thank messages you, whoever are flying you are. through. Yeah. But it's the update on um, Morgan County. After the severe weather damage, yeah. there was a high on Highway 20. One of the lanes were closed in Morgan County, but it is now reopened. But um, okay, yeah, so- it was like... 18-wheelers flipped over. So Highway 20 over yonder next to uh, Decatur area in Morgan mm-hmm. County That's uh, right. is now reopened after. Was it 18-wheeler you said turned over? Yeah, 18-wheeler oh, right there. Oh, yeah. Dang, it's a giant. Man. All right. Uh, we know that Jeff from Indiana is one of our daily listeners who's often on the road driving his big rig. So, uh, Jeff, hope you're okay out there. Um, we have uh, any number of text messages Um uh, they're just flying in related to various things. Uh, in fact, uh, that was Frank from Huntsville sent you that story. Oh, that's who it was. Thank, Thank you, you, Frank. Thank you, Frank. Appreciate you. Uh, Randall from Newmarket saying, uh, Boomer, look up the weather for Newmarket back in 1963. What? 1963. Uh, snow and the coldest days. Also weather at Airport Road in November. I can tell you right now, I remember the blizzard of 93. I remember the blizzard of 93. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, that was in March. Oh, man. So, Yeah. How crazy is that? I, I remember because I was so young. We had like um, 18 teenagers over at our house. I was young at that time. 18 teenagers. So I was like in heaven because we were having a ball out in the snow. They built me an igloo. <laughs> <laughs> so it was great. I hope you have pictures of it somewhere. I'm sure we do somewhere. I know your dad does. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I know Boomer Daddy. He's, he's definitely got them. Um, all right. Home fries. Going to wrap this up here. And then top of the hour, we'll be talking to uh, Congressman Mo Brooks about the story that broke uh, today. Uh, if you want to find a copy of the story, it's on 1819news.com. You can go see it there. But we're going to be talking to Congressman Mo Brooks right after the top of the hour break about what is going on with um, the statements he issued about Congress issuing itself a sort of a clandestine 39% pay raise. Yeah, you stay tuned. We're going to talk about that. Uh, here's one story, though, that you may want to be aware of. So Alabama is a pro-life state. I recognize that there are people who believe in abortion that live in Alabama, but the laws of the state are pro-life. We have some of the most pro-life legislation ever passed in the history of the United States here in Alabama. Um, There are certain aspects of it that are still being debated in the courts, but the reality is this. Since the Dobbs decision happened, I'm pretty sure everything that's been passed is locked in. And not only that, uh, we also put the um, – we also embedded into our constitution, our state constitution, by vote of the people, that uh, there is no constitutional right to an abortion in Alabama ever. Um, So – all that to say, here we are as a pro-life state. You know, the, the, the aspects of federalism say that states are allowed to make some measure of self-determination. Those powers not otherwise enumerated to the federal government are devolved to the states, period. And the Dobbs decision affirmed that as to abortion. Fast forward to today. Story on 1819 News. 
Attorney General Steve Marshall says the Justice Department's guidance on remote prescriptions of abortion pills is illegal and dangerous. Here's the thing. You you may be aware that there is a means by which you can take um, a couple of different medications. I think one is called, yeah, here it is, Mefep, I pronounce these. Why do they name these things like this? There's Mesoprostol and Mefeprestone. Anyway, abortion pills. There's two different versions of abortion pills. They cause abortions. Abortions are outlawed in the state of Alabama. Therefore, abortion pills are not to be sold in the state of Alabama. Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall issued a statement on Tuesday in response to a U.S. Department of Justice opinion that suggests that U.S. Postal Service carriers could, in fact, deliver abortion pills in states where abortion is otherwise illegal, calling the guidance illegal and dangerous. He says, promoting the remote prescription and administration of abortion pills endangers women and unborn children. Elective abortion, including abortion pills, is illegal in Alabama, said Marshall. Nothing about the Justice Department's guidance changes that. Anyone who remotely prescribes abortion pills in Alabama does so at their own peril. I will vigorously enforce Alabama law to protect unborn life. See, this is classic. The federal government didn't get what it wants, and the Supreme Court said so, so it's going to do what it wants anyway. Well, if we can't set up abortion clinics on your military bases and in your VA clinics, we'll just mail you abortion pills. Here, take them. Well, you know what happens when they do that? It, at some point, you're, you're not able to get adequate medical advice. You may have a prescription from somebody out of state who prescribed it and mailed it to you in a nondescript little package. But if you take it and have complications, who are you going to see? Because doctors in this state, they'll see you for a complication, but doctors in the state are not going to advise you on how to take it. They're not going to advise you as to whether it is contraindicative of your other you know, situations or medications. They're not going to be there to work you through the problems. Well, all that to say, A.G. Marshall says, don't mail them here. Not this state. Last thing I got before we head to the top of the hour break and talk to Mo Brooks right thereafter. Uh, Education Budget Chair Senator Arthur Orr, who's been on this show multiple times. Senator Orr um, said that he does believe there will be tax rebates coming um, to the tune of about $500 million um, and then possibly some tax reforms. In a story on AL.com, we also um, hear that what that basically means is checks like 200 to $250 for individual housecom state tax filers and double that for households filing as couples jointly. Um, so two to $500. Is that what you want? I don't know. It just seems like it could be better. Um, but they're not going to look like a gift horse in the mouth. All right, folks, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. Right back with Congressman Mo Brooks. Side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. 
It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios, hour number two. Local, state, national, sometimes international, man. We cover all the issues, and uh, like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, I spent the last half hour dishing up a plate of what I call home fries, things that were happening around the great state of Alabama, stuff you want to know about your home. And, uh, and, and one of those stories that I didn't get into in detail because I wanted to save it for this conversation is uh, an email that I received, and it was published again this morning on 1819 News uh, by um, former uh, Congressman Mo Brooks. Uh, Mo Brooks served this state capably uh, for, I believe, 12 years uh, in, in serving as the congressman for Alabama's 5th Congressional District and uh, um, recently left office. Uh, we're glad to have him called into the show right now. So without further ado, let me just jump in there. Uh, Congressman, how are you doing today? Doing well, Phil. How about yourself? I'm good, sir. I'm good. Thanks for making some time for us today. My pleasure. Hey, listen, uh, you texted last night and said you had a, a release coming out, and sure enough, you did. Uh, I got it by email. Thank you for that. And then you also uh, it, it got, I know, printed in uh, 1819 News. But um, so you're saying that Congress – sort of did a clandestine means of giving themselves a 39% or $39,000 uh, increase in pay. How does this work? What, what, tell us what happened. Well, by way of background, when you run for Congress, you know what the salary is and you know what your expenses are. You get paid $174,900, and out of that you're expected to pay your living costs both at home, for me that's Huntsville, and in Washington, so you're expected to maintain uh, two places, maintain two places of living with meals and all that kind of stuff. Basically, uh, living costs. Right. And the salary is what it is in part to pay for uh, those two different places and those living expenses. What Congress did in a very underhanded way, and I'm not yet figure out all the details, but they decided to make the Washington part of your living expenses reimbursable by the federal government up to the um, GSAs uh, per diem. And if someone takes full advantage of that, then that comes out to a little over $39,000 a year in additional compensation. Uh, And it's tax-free because it is given to congressmen as an expense reimbursement. So that's the equivalent of getting a salary increase of anywhere from $52,000 a year to $57,000 a year, depending on which tax brackets you're in, either filing as a single individual or as a married couple. So this is a real big deal. It's a lot of money. It's going to cost taxpayers uh, a minimum of $17 million per year. And I say a minimum because that $39,000 per year um, reimbursement of living costs in Washington is based on the House calendar where you're supposed to be in Washington. And there are always days when we're expected to be in Washington outside of the House calendar, like there were some earlier this year. Um, And there'll be some throughout the calendar year where all of a sudden you have unexpected scheduled votes or you have committee hearings 
or you have what have you. So it's a big deal in terms of the money. Now, you can have a good public policy debate over whether an individual congressman is worth that additional 39000 in tax-free money that they're going to get. And that's a legitimate public policy debate. There should be no debate about the underhanded way in which Congress did it. Uh, all I know for sure is that the Committee on House Administration uh, publishes a congressional handbook for congressmen that details what they can and cannot do and what they can be reimbursed for. And in this year's handbook, dated December 31st, 2022, the day before New Year's, all of a sudden you can get up to $39,000, perhaps more, but at least $39,000 in living costs for Washington, D.C. So let that's me, huge. Let me, it is huge. Let me ask you this, uh, uh, Congressman. So a couple, couple of questions on that. Is it automatic, or are you supplying receipts as a definite reimbursement? I mean, is it an automatic stipend to your pay, or is it actual, like, reimbursable based upon proof of expense? That's a very good question for which there is no 100% sure answer. Mm. Normally, a per diem is where you get money and Part of the reason it's done as a per diem is to eliminate the records-keeping requirement. Yeah. So this per diem covers what the GSA says is a reasonable amount for food and lodging. Now, keep in mind, with the GSA, you're talking about people who are supposed to be traveling. Normally, that's hotels. Well, hotel is the most expensive way to stay someplace, far more expensive than renting an apartment or owning a condo or, or what have you. And so I don't know how it is all going to be resolved, but even if you have to actually produce expense receipts, what's the natural disposition of people? Well, they're going to max out. They don't want to leave money on the table. Yeah. So they're going to get the best food. They're going to get a bigger apartment. They're going to do whatever it takes to take full advantage of the taxpayer's largesse. Now, the, the big question is, how in the world did this happen? There was not a House floor vote on a $39,000 tax-free compensation increase. Now, there may have been something like the 4,000-plus page omnibus where Congress was given it with about three to four hours before we had to vote on it, and I voted no as a matter of principle. Right. But, of course, it passed. There's a possibility that you've got one sentence in that 4,000 pages someplace that authorized what the Committee on House Administration did. Well, e even still, it, it, I don't it know. Just, I hope it someone just, will find out. It just smacks of being wrong. I got one other question about that just as a matter of semantics. What if – now, there there are some members of Congress whose families have taken up permanent residence in D.C. I mean, they, they, they literally – they don't necessarily live back home in their districts anymore – they That's just right. represent That's their that primary district. Residence. And so if it's your primary residence, uh, are you still getting a per diem for, for living there? Absolutely, because each of these individuals has to maintain a citizenship in the congressional district that they purport to represent, or at least in the state uh, that has the congressional district that they purport to represent. So you're supposed to still be, by way of example, registered to vote in your congressional district back in the state from whence you come. Um, and so, but you're right. I, I know some congressmen who raised their families in the Washington, D.C. area. 
Well, so, so what do you do with them? Yeah, I know. That's, that's a great question. What do you do with them? They chose to live there permanently as opposed to living dually, which anyway. So, so uh, this reminds me uh, of the, uh, the effort by the Democrats in the state legislature to give themselves a 65% pay raise back in like 09, 08, 09. And then in 2010, a bunch of us Republicans ran in part against that level of, you know, benefiting themselves. And, and yet that one, at the very least, had a public debate and a vote with a roll call. And, um, and I don't see that here. Um, I got, I got to say, too, uh, Congressman, I couldn't help but notice, I think it was last week, Nancy Pelosi, one of her last acts on the way out the door as Speaker of the House, apparently administratively raised the uh, pay for everybody in the staffers' positions uh, across Congress. Are you aware of that? I have heard about that, but it transpired after I retired from the House of Representatives, so I did not have firsthand knowledge. I didn't get a copy of her email or whatever it is she sent out notifying the various congressmen of what she did. It's uh, apparently um, it's apparently now uh, possible for a staffer to make $212,000 a year and earn more than the congressman they, they are working for. Um, well, no, that, that occurred while I was still in Congress because that was the case in 2022. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, no one on my staff earned more than the congressman made, um, but that was me. I just didn't think that that was appropriate. There was one individual that either earned the same as me or within a thousand or two uh, of me. Um, but it is what it is. Different congressmen do different things. Well, so let me ask you this uh, then. Um, what are what are your plans now? I mean, obviously your pay has changed. Uh, so uh, what is our now former congressman Mo Brooks going to be doing with his time? Are you going fishing and doing stuff with the grandkids or you got some gainful employment coming up? Well, today I was working on putting up gutters <laughs> at, at my house, you know, up on the ladder. Um, earlier this week, I took some grandkids and we were pounding out concrete with sledgehammers so that we could build a bunk room underneath an elevated um, bedroom and sunroom. So I, I've got a long, long honeydew list. Uh, <laughs> primarily, I am focused on my 13 grandkids, my eight kids and kids-in-law, my wife, and um, enjoying retirement. Now, I still keep a finger on the pulse uh, politically as best I can. It's a little bit harder when you're not in the middle of it. Right. But I'm, I'm a citizen, and I believe that all citizens should do what they can to ensure that they properly exercise their citizenship duties. And that means properly voting, properly recruiting candidates, properly uh, supporting candidates, and do what you need to do in order to ensure that you had good government at the city, county, state, and federal level. Uh, so that's where my time is being spent, and that's one of the reasons why I sent this information to you. I was aggravated that the subterfuge means would be used to pad one's wallet to the tune that the Congress did. And, you know, as best I can understand, the date at which this transpired, at least that's what the hard copy information I have, involving the Committee on House Administration, that this thing transpired on December the 30th, which most of us were watching maybe some of the half dozen or so yeah. bowl games yeah. are getting ready to watch the Alabama game the next day or, or are still having family from Christmas or getting ready for New Year's Eve celebrations. And, and it's wrong for Congress to take $17 million, give it to themselves in the – in a very profitable way, 
without it being done in the public eye. Yeah. And that, that aggravates me as much as anything else is where you get people who pretend to be public servants, but really they're in it for themselves. Well, I, I appreciate you giving us a heads up. I have a feeling uh, that we're going to wind up hearing from you periodically like this and in other ways, too. And uh, I don't think you're done. But, um, Congressman, we got to run to a break. I appreciate your time today. Thanks for giving us a heads up, and uh, we're going to keep tabs on this, all right? Certainly, Phil. Have a blessed day. Yes, sir. You too. All right, Boomer, take us to a break, bro. Uh, yeah, wow. So uh, you look at it go, really? Uh, is this a, a $39,000 pay increase with no debate? Shouldn't be that way. And, and he's right. If there's one sentence buried in the 4,155 pages of the omnibus spending bill, uh, that may be the justification they're going to use. But I would hope that uh, newly anointed uh, Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy will at least seek to have this ratified through a public debate, um, or not ratified for that matter. All right, folks, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative just plain right making it cool to be a conservative hey i'm going to jump over to the text lines if you want to text in by the way the phone lines is open so 833-687-4448 that's 833-68-RIGHT you can call or text uh, on that number and i'm looking at the uh, text line right now raven from russellville just made sure we knew and i appreciate it raven glad to hear it he says all clear in russellville windy but no significant damage good to hear um Jeff from Indiana. There's our brother Jeff. He heard us talking about him. He said, I'm doing fine with a happy face. He said, I haven't really run into any weather other than a little rain. But then he also sent a picture of uh, uh, where they're at with the storm clouds that were just in the distance. So, um, yeah. Jeff, glad to hear it, man. Uh, JT from Lacey Springs sent a picture in of hail posted by James Spann. Now, I got to be honest. This picture, and I know James Spann retweeted it. Uh, he says it's hail in Florence. If, if you're in Florence and you had this golf ball size hail piling up, I want to know this is real because I saw somebody pick, post a very similar picture earlier this morning on Twitter, and, and it was not James Spann. And I'm just wondering, is this legit or is it an old photo someone's trying to make something of? So, yeah, uh, if, you were in, um, if you were in this massive hailstorm with, like, golf ball size hail uh, today in the Florence area, I want to know about it. Um, I mean, that picture was pretty crazy but it could be an old picture that, that, yeah that's what i'm yeah, saying I, yeah. I, I i think it you know who knows yes yeah, it's, it's on social media it's got to be real did you see what paul sent paul from athens <laughs> um <laughs> paul from athens says we're solid conservative and just plain cis white <laughs> makes me laugh every time that's bunch awesome. of cis white guys in there you know <laughs> Just talking about things, cis white males, whatever. <laughs> Ken from Harvest says, Mo for governor. Talking about uh, Mo Brooks. 
Um, John from Huntsville just says, Mo, I hate you're not in Congress anymore. I voted for you every single time I was allowed to. Mo, the best thing about you is you're a true American and not uh, and he, and he disparages somebody else. I won't say who. Uh, but anyway, John from Huntsville, thanks for that. And Mo, I hope you're listening. Um, uh, I, I think I already said Ken from Harvest says Mo for governor. Uh, Tony from Piedmont says tell Mo not to fall off the ladder. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, lots of good stuff. And uh, wow. And uh, Leanne from uh, uh, Huntsville says ask Mo if he had been nominated for speaker, would he have considered it? I did not see your text, Leanne. I apologize. But um, it, it was, you know, he was already out of Congress, so it was not likely to be someone outside the body who was going to get uh, nominated with any legitimacy. Although we did have Trump get nominated, I believe, at one point. And I think at that point it began to be rather unserious, you know. Um, but anyway, um, all right, we're going we're gonna to start the next one here in a minute. The next part of the Triple Dipper, the paper trail. Okay, y'all, it almost gets comedic at this point. I mean, like, you can't make this stuff up. So you know that Joe Biden um, came out in September just aghast that Donald Trump would have classified documents. You know, how irresponsible can one man be? That was his comment. How irresponsible could somebody be? You know, and just, and just doing the whole Biden kind of earnest voice, got the well-practiced kind of squint. Anyway, um, yeah, fast forward. It turns out just about 40 days later, unbeknownst to the rest of us, they found classified documents in his office at the Penn Biden Center with ain't nobody there watching it, just locked in a closet, just left behind. Documents that we are now hearing, by the way, were intelligence documents related to Iran, Ukraine, and the United Kingdom. Huh. Huh. What do you do with that? So they didn't tell us. It rocks forward. We find out what they found in early November, five days before the election. Um, they let us know about this week. Um, wow. But then on top of that, they just found more. <laughs> they just found more. And what's interesting is Peter Ducey from Fox flat out asked the question, how irresponsible. He, he, Ducey even asked the president himself, what were you thinking? Wait till you hear, if you haven't heard yet, wait till you hear where Biden himself says the documents were. It's going to rock your world. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Right Side Ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. (laughs) 
And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right, covering some ground across the great state of Alabama. I mean, we are way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gaston, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, and Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. Number two on the Triple Dipper is about to start. Before I do that, though, let me just tell you, ZLA Solutions, I was talking to them this morning. They just had their, they just, they just got all the numbers in, just ran the numbers. They just had their biggest year ever. Uh, I, now, listen, that, that's significant because you know what the jobs market has been like. And, and, and truthfully, here we are looking at a company that specializes in putting people to work at a time when we're hearing that our unemployment rate is low, but yet our job participation rate is bad. Um, that means more people are able to get jobs if they want them, but a lot of them just don't want them. Well, ZLA Solutions has been putting jobs and people together in epic fashion. And like I said, just had their biggest year ever. So at ZLA Solutions, they can help you. If you're looking for a job yourself, you can go to their website, ZLAUSA.com. They've got great jobs posted all over North Alabama. But uh, if you're an employer wanting to fill out the ranks of your workforce, well, they can square you away. That's their bread and butter, man. They do all kinds of things for business in solutions like quality control, sorting and containment, warehousing, logistics, all that. But their big deal is staffing. Direct hire or temp, blue collar, white collar, no collar, don't matter. ZLA Solutions, they are good at what they do. They like to say, at ZLA, we don't make it, we, we make it better. That's their goal in life, make your business better. Check them out. Their website is ZLAUSA.com. And do me a favor, tell them you heard about it on Right Side Radio, ZLA Solutions. Uh, okay, so I got I to, gotta, listen, this, this next section, it gets to the point. That, like, if we were doing an episode of Seinfeld, <laughs> I don't know that it could be any better than this. If we were doing, if we were literally doing a sitcom where you, you watch it, you know, like, you know, Everybody Loves Raymond or, uh, or Frasier or pick, pick your favorite, MASH. I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm dating myself. But the reality is if you, if you were writing a sitcom script, no fooling, a sitcom script, the kind where you look at it and laugh knowing full well that most people don't act that way. You could write this down about the presidential classified documents scandals that are brewing right now, and it you would you would look at it and you would laugh, but you would think, no, no, nobody does that. Uh, yes, they do. All right, so you know the whole thing about last uh, August, I think it was, last August, when the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago, um, one of President Trump's uh, personal residences. And we understand that they got all up in everybody's business. They even went into Melania's closet, rooting through her things, and then, you know, sorted through boxes that were in an, uh, a, a, a locked closet downstairs where they had already told the archives they were storing documents while they negotiated whether to return them or not. And, oh, by the way, the Secret Service was guarding the facility. Okay. But they seized and made a big deal, and everybody's like, Trump's going to be indicted. This is it. We got him. We got him now. Well, guess what? Just like, mm, what, a month later, President Biden is actually asked in an interview with 60 Minutes, I believe. What did you think when you saw the pictures of the classified documents spread out on the floor from the FBI's search of Mar-a-Lago? His response, I thought, how could anyone be so irresponsible? So less than 40 days later, after that interview, when how could anyone be so irresponsible, was his reaction to Trump. 
we learned that a cache of classified documents was found in his unguarded office at the Penn Biden Center. A, a, a former think tank, which is now gone, a former think tank where he got paid a lot of money to do a lot of nothing. And classified documents related to intelligence reports on the UK, Iran, and Ukraine, we're told, were found. Okay. Uh, suddenly, it's awkward. Suddenly, you have that whole crap moment. That, that uh, what? And, and, and the president's response has been so weird. And you know how he responds when he's not sure what to say or when he's been told what to say. I don't know which one it is. But he literally, it's almost like he's like, um, I have been directed to read this statement, so let me go into robot mode. And he read a statement that said his attorneys had advised him not to look at the papers, and uh, they were reviewing the matter or something like that. What? Okay. You know, suddenly everybody's saying, double standard, what's the deal? Is he going to get away with it? And everybody's trying to, well, you know, the documents he had are probably not as bad because there weren't as many of them. That doesn't matter. You can have 300 documents at Mar-a-Lago and then be, you know, sort of tepid and benign. Maybe it was a picture, you know, of a, uh, a missile strike that everybody knows about now because it ran in all the media and, and he kept it. But it was originally marked, you know, secret or top secret. I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm speculating. I don't know what's in there. All I'm saying is you can have 300 documents that were classified but not near as bad as one document that maybe Biden had related to the Iran nuclear deal. <laughs> or Ukraine um, uh, corruption that he was trying to cover up because it dealt with his son. Oh, who knows? I don't know what's in there, y'all. I'm throwing, don't say Phil said this is what's in there. I'm, I'm telling you, one document in one location could be worse than 300 documents in the other location, depending upon what the contents are. And we understand that some of the documents found in this initial run uh, at Biden's uh, office were marked TSSCI. That's top secret, secure compartment of the information. Um, I believe it's secure. Anyway, the bottom line is TSSCI is even a ramp up. You have to be read on to certain programs to have a TSSCI. And then on top of that, you've got the fact that he's a vice president. What was he doing with documents? He had no authority to declassify these. Trump had the authority to declassify because he's the ultimate say on classification, according to the case of uh, U.S. Navy v. Egan, federal case. Um, so what's up with this batch of documents? Oh, but wait, there's more. Pray tell. Phil, what could it be? You heard more documents. Now, there's so many questions about this, y'all. So many questions. Like, first of all, somebody's already called him the Johnny Appleseed of classified documents. He's just leaving them scattered along as he goes. He's just... <laughs> just, just one after another. Just, just planting them as he goes. <laughs> Someone just sent a, a TikTok video on there, and it said they circled the documents when he was pulling out of the driveway. They're like, oh, there they well, are. All right. I, don't, don't, I got I to gotta tell the story on that first. Oh, I'm just going to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Rewind. No, <laughs> no you're, you're, letting the cat, you're letting the Corvette out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. So now apparently there's this, there's this full court press. Oh, God, does he have any more documents? And so first thing we find out is that the first round of documents are found by his lawyers. Now, I'm an attorney. 
I have never been hired to go and clean up my clients' offices. I recognize there's times when something might be sensitive, and you might tell your client, if you have something like this, bring it to me to review. I get it. But the idea that his lawyers were at the so-called Penn Biden Center packing up his boxes and went, hey, what's this? And then it became open news. Okay, that's weird. It gets weirder when you find out that now that it's out there, it's like we're finding out that Biden aides, and you can't see, but I'm doing finger quotes. It doesn't come through on the radio. Let me turn to the camera. Finger quotes. (laughs) Biden aides have now discovered another batch of documents we found out yesterday. Pray tell, where were they? How many are there? What did they talk about? Well, nothing was really said about the where's and the what's until today. Right before I go on the air, I was talking to the lovely Charlene. My wife, who is more politically astute than me and keeps me apprised of the latest developments, even texts me things during the show like she did a few minutes ago. And she says, have you heard what happened? I said, no. And she said, so Biden did a press conference. I said, okay. She said he did the press conference and then didn't take questions at first about the paperwork, the paper trail. But then it's like all of a sudden he remembered and he turned back to the podium and he addressed it with a written statement that he read, except she said before he read the statement, it's like he got off script for a minute and he thought it would be okay to say, they were locked in the garage with my Corvette. (laughs) What? They were locked in the garage with my Corvette. That's supposed to make us feel better. Boomer, you know, it's out there with oh, the oil cans and the lawnmower. That makes me feel so Everything's much okay. Yeah. So much better. You know, the nuclear codes are sitting next to the tools <laughs> and the fishing rods. Locked in the garage with the Corvette. It doesn't say they were under secure lock and key. It doesn't say in that manner they were being stored. It doesn't say why they were in a garage in the first place. It doesn't say whether the Corvette is also classified. And this was a skiff. It's a skiff garage, a skiff garage in which you park secure Corvettes and store classified documents. So the president literally tips his hand and the world went, what just happened? To the extent even that later the president walking out to Marine One is asked by Peter Ducey, what were you thinking? That was the question. What were you thinking? Which you can imagine how that went over. Um, so now I have just summarized for you where we are, except, except now Merrick Garland has no choice. And so Merrick Garland, Biden's appointed dis- uh, attorney general, has now appointed a special prosecutor. Yes, he has. Right before the show started, a special prosecutor has been appointed. I get it. It's sort of all in-house. He's appointed a special prosecutor to investigate his boss. <laughs> However, the fact that it happened at all says that Merrick Garland knew he had no choice. Have I got a caller on the line? I do. Line one. Is that Sparky? Sparky, how you doing today, bud? Hey, awesome. Great show for you and Boomer. Uh, I'm with you. It makes zero sense why, when the entire government is covered for this this dishonest Alzheimer's patient and, and done everything they can to make him look right, how in the world would his own aides and his own lawyers not just hide and destroy any classified documents they found. Why is this coming out at all 
when they have the opportunity to hide it uh, the way they've done everything else that the man's ever done wrong. I, I don't understand it. I don't, I don't get it one bit. Yeah, the whole thing smacks of some kind of a backstory, in my opinion. Um, and I, I look yeah. at it, too. And, 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 and Sparky, what about this? Who decided they needed to send the aides to the garage where the Corvette was parked? I mean, who knew? What, what, somebody knew something to send them there in the first place. Well, and it, 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 it smells to me as though somehow or another Joe Biden has outlived his usefulness. His yeah. handlers, who are behind the scenes making all the decisions anyway, have decided it's time to kick him to the curb. And they've groomed uh, <laughs> uh, the inarticulate, dim-witted Miss Harris to the point where they're willing to let her be the, the puppet figurehead of, of, of the White House. And, and I don't get that either because she's certainly not a, she's not a, any more honest than he ever was, and she's certainly not in any way qualified. But it's it's like it's like they're ready to kick the old man to the curb, you know. And uh, I, I agree. Uh, otherwise, why why would this not just get swept under the carpet? It's, well, it's kind of crazy. And here's my other theory, and I'll expand on it more after this break, which we're about to go to, Sparky. But uh, the other theory I've got, besides getting rid of Biden, is it gives them an out on overplaying their hand. Uh, with Trump, because they recognize that while they may uh, have some claims against Trump, it's politically intolerable to pursue it in great depth, and they just would like to get away from it, and Merrick Garland needs an excuse, and what better excuse than to have, uh, hey, you know, bipartisan, we don't do this kind of thing. Um, but uh, you, are, you are brilliant, Colonel. That, <laughs> is a, that is probably hitting the nail right on the head, sir. We'll see, man. Hey, I got to run to break, Sparky. Appreciate you. Uh, hope he's reti- hope he's enjoying retirement too. By the way, Sparky, appreciate you. Hope you hope you're enjoying that retirement. All right, listen, we're gonna take a break right now. We'll come right back. I'm gonna keep this one going because all I've done so far is summarize for you. Now I start getting into my own paper on the paper trail. You guys stay tuned. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We'll be right back. Back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just plain right, saving the world one soundbite at a time. Well, this one has gotten some attention. Uh, we're going to spend some time on this topic, too. I can tell you, I got three callers waiting that I'm about to get to, but I got to tell you, Boomer, I just got my favorite text on this topic so far. Oh, yes. Yeah, Travis, Travis from Huntsville just texted in. He said, What's scarier, giving Biden access to confidential docs about China and Iran or Biden driving a Corvette? <laughs> He said both put the nation in danger. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let me jump to the phones before I run out of time. Uh, line two, Brian from Huntsville. Brian, how you doing, bud? Mighty fine, especially uh, since Biden is driving that uh, Corvette using fossil fuel. Oh, you know, that brings a point. His hobby burns fossil fuels. Ah, <laughs> perfect point. Yeah, two, two serious questions. Yeah. First of all, I do not know, based on my limited Latin, what is the difference between a special consul and a special prosecutor? 
Um, you know, I'd, I'd have to go back and look, Brian. I mean, that's a good point. I, I, my interpretation I was did. they were the same. Um, okay. but, uh, I, 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 I don't know. Cause I've heard it phrased both ways today. And the other, the other one real quick, and I'll leave it out there and leave you alone, which is, um, is there any chance that, uh, they are finding a way right now? They're trying to go ahead and dust him off, get rid of him I, and, uh, put him out to pasture, so to say. I'm, I'm not going to be a bit surprised. Um, and, you know, there's already Democrats right now that are uh, on, on, on Fox uh, yelling that this is uh, these were planted documents trying to uh, make the case. But uh, we'll, well see. Hey, you Brian, by the way, I think that thing, about, I think special yep. counsel might be someone who's been appointed to be an attorney outside of the usual, like representing the person individually. Uh, and then special prosecutor is the one trying to go after the person, you know, investigative wise and all that. So that's my I'll check on that, though. Uh, right, thanks, thank Brian. You, Appreciate you. Uh, line two, Scott from Huntsville. Hey, Scott, how you doing? Hey, Phil, I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Uh, I agree with you, but I think there's one third angle that you may not be thinking about. All right, what's that? Uh, we're headed into the next election cycle, 2024. Right. So if they're not using this to get rid of Biden and they're, or they're not using it to exonerate Merrick Garland, they're going to use it to find another way to bash Donald Trump. They're going to investigate Biden find he did everything appropriately, exonerate him, and then say Donald Trump should have done his documents the way Joe Biden did his. Ah. Well, you know, that's kind and of the case they're, they're trying to make in the media. They're to bash Trump because they're running out of stuff to bash Trump with. So they're creating <laughs> they're... another example of the left coming in, creating a problem, and solving their own problem when they already knew the answer to begin with. Genius. That's not a bad. It's not a bad thought. Yeah, <laughs> build the case for what he should have done by showing what their guy did. That's uh, that's interesting. Exactly. Hey, Scott, thanks for the call, man. I got one more to get for the break, thanks. so let me grab that. Okay. All right, line four, Mike from Huntsville. Hey, Mike, Phil Williams, how you doing? I'm good, Phil. You know what? That that isn't that that isn't true. The reason they can't make that work is he was a VP at the time, and everything he has right now. That's classified. It's obviously intelligence stuff. It's dealing with the Ukraine where Verisma was, and you're dealing with the Iranian deal where you have money laundering operations. Then you have the pin think tank taking Chinese money and laundering it back to Biden. I mean, and then we have a special counsel as opposed to a special prosecutor, and that special counsel is still under Merrick Garland as opposed to independent. And that makes a little bit of difference. And there's another huge problem. They've told his lawyers told him not to look at these documents, but he has them in the garage and he knew exactly where they were. The other big problem is they don't have classification qualification. You know what I'm talking about? To be looking at those documents themselves, they would have to have the exact security clearance to be able to look at, let's say, as top secret as opposed to secret. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Those I lawyers do. don't have that classification you're looking at. You, you, they you, do not you, have the classification. You make great points. And they it, got a problem coming and going because hey, you know, Mike, he can't declassify. Hey, yeah. Mike, the music's playing, brother. We're, we're hitting the break. I got no choice. Hey, great call. Good, okay, good, good points. Sure. Wow. I got a sharp audience, man. I got a, I mean, like, dang. All right, folks, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We ain't done with this. We're following the paper trail. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
right side ruffians out there. You are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side studios, covering down on the local, the state, the national, sometimes the international. Man, we cover it all, and we do it like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Uh, man, we have an amazing audience. The text lines are blowing up. We got uh, st- and, and I got to tell you, um, so Bob from Decatur, <laughs> I am loving your text message, man. So, uh, so Bob from Decatur sent me this, first of all. He said, with regards to the paper trail, the, the, the classified documents. He says, third time's a charm. They impeached Donald Trump for making a good phone call to a newly elected president. Elected president. Seems to me like all these documents all over the place should be an impeachable cause. Who knows where he distributed them? Maybe China. I agree. And then he, then he comes back and he says another text. He goes, great. How do you feel? Listen to Phil to read my text I sent. Then he goes, whoops. Uh, that last message was intended for my wife, LOL. <laughs> and I said, Boomer and I are literally laughing out loud. And he says, I know, everybody does that once in a while. I have done that before, Bob. That's why it's so funny is when you send the message you meant. And, and like, like, he, like basically, I'm glad it was a clean message. And he says he always sends clean messages anyway. That's I have, good. I would, yes. And so, <laughs> Bob, we love you. And uh, your wife should know we enjoyed your text more than pretty much anybody's today. So thank you very much. Um, Paul from Athens says, did you see that Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, and Omar were kicked off their committees? Yes, I did. I talked about that yesterday. That's big doings. Mike from Huntsville says, uh, I'm trying to figure out, it's a long text. Let me see if I can get into it here real quick. Uh, I'll come back to it because it talks about January 6th, which is off topic, I think. I'll come right back to that. Um, Daryl from Huntsville. And don't forget, there's Dems right now saying the documents were planted by Trump to include the views Joy Behar. Does anybody care what Joy Behar says? I mean, she's like, it's like the clowns at the circus. You don't take them serious. They're just there for entertainment. That's kind of the way I feel about Joy Behar. Uh, Kyle from Madison says, with documents, another theory is, or if or when Biden chooses not to run for president, is to put pressure on Trump that he shouldn't run either because Biden took the high road. Ooh, Kyle from Madison. That's... That's interesting. I had, I had not thought of this. Um, Tony from Piedmont says, uh, where'd it go? Most people are coming. I can't. Okay. I'm not sure where we're going here. Oh, I see. Um, talking about kids need to learn how to not to lie when they're young. Uh, then they grow up and they just start running the country. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, and then, uh, Michael from Taft, Tennessee says, next thing you know, they'll find that Joe had some more documents stashed under the patio or out of the patio underneath the seat cushions. Wow. And then uh, Dustin from Hazel Green, um, you talk about Bob's text. Oh, yeah. Have I got a caller on the line, Boomer, or what we got there? No, no, no. It, but he, he had a good question. I think we've covered it a little bit. Was, um, you know, why wasn't this brought up before the midterm elections? Peter Ducey, like, what, why, you know, that needs to be asked, right? It's an ultimate question, Yeah. in my opinion. Why did you hold this? Why did you hold it back? And they've asked. They've asked, by the way. Karine Jean-Pierre does not want to answer that question. Hmm. She defers to the lawyers, who are never going to tell you a thing. And, you know, it's, and, and then claims are being tra- – we, we tried to be transparent with this. 
No, you haven't. I mean, no. the only transparency we got is that the Corvette was involved. The Corvette, and All right. it's in a garage, not by the way behind a key. Now I want to know: Do we have to seize the Corvette? Oh, I I will volunteer to go and help seize the Corvette and place it in proper storage. That would probably be a good idea for us to go do that. If you, if you <laughs> see if you see a gray '63 Corvette convertible at the Barrett Jackson auction, I have nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't need a gas-guzzling Corvette anyway, right? He's all about the EVs. Oh, oh. Boomer. <laughs> That's a point. So, yes, the president's hobby burns gas. Uh-oh. It burns fossil fuel. Yeah. It, uh, so he did a double whammy on himself today. <laughs> double whammy. He told us where the documents were and <laughs> that he has a hobby that involves burning fossil fuels. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Boomer, you are just, this is why you're here, man. Oh, yes. Um, hey, hey, there's two other things, by the way, that I have not heard anybody else say. I take it back. One of them may have heard. You recall that those documents in the first tranche, the first group that were found at the Penn Biden Center, which I'll get into in a minute, the Penn Biden Center documents um, dealt with Iran. All we know is they're allegedly dealt with Iran, um, Ukraine, and the United Kingdom. All right, Iran, the Iran nuclear deal. You could see where that could be a thing. Um, Ukraine, Burisma, you know, paying millions per month to uh, Hunter Biden and corruption. Who knows? Maybe that's in there. Why the United Kingdom? Um, where was Christopher Steele of the alleged or of the infamous Steele dossier from? He was a British. He's a former British spy. I don't know. If there's something in there that deals with that, I would love to know. Here's the thing, though, that I have not heard anybody ask. This is my original, my original thought. The Penn Biden Center. The Penn Biden Center, where they found these documents, was not even founded until 2018. There was no office to store them in until after it was founded, obviously. So the Penn Biden Center was founded in 2018, and yet... Biden left office in January of 17. Where were these documents before the Penn Biden office was opened? Where did they go for that year? How did they come to be at Penn Biden? But since Penn Biden wasn't there for the first year of his post-vice presidency, where were they in the interim? I have not heard anybody ask that question yet. But that's a fair question because chain of custody on classified breaches is a very important part of the research. And so I'm going to tell you right now, as they're tracking this down, they've got to ask that question. Mr. Biden, where did these documents come from? And then where were they before they got locked into a closet at your office at the Penn Biden Center? Who else has seen them? Did somebody bring them to you? Did you bring them yourself? Did you intend to leave them there intentionally? Were they sequestered for a reason other than you reviewed them and got done and didn't know what else to do with them? Uh, did you just not have a shredder? And and then at the same time, where were they in the year before you ha- opened the Penn Biden Center? I want to know that. That's an important piece. Um, I got a caller on the line. Is that Jeff? Jeff from Indiana. How you doing, man? You staying safe on the roads out there? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm doing good, man. I, I just seen a little bit of rain toward Nashville, and that was it. <laughs> wow, good deal. Down here in nice sunny Alabama right now. Well, good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's beautiful right now. I mean, it looks like a spring day outside the windows here at the studio, but it sure wasn't a little earlier. Yeah, 
man. Just across the Tennessee River. It looks fine down here. <laughs> All right. Well, good deal. Good deal. What's on your mind, but, man? Uh, hey, uh, look. You don't get your hopes up too high, man. I mean, we talking about this. There's really no use to even talking about this because uh, I don't think they've got enough numbers in the House to to, to impeach him or you know to uh, draw up impeachment papers because they got uh, a few milly mouths in there and everything, wishy washies or whatever that probably won't stick together. And if he goes to the Senate to, to impeach Biden, it, nothing's going to happen. Uh, short. Uh, the, the, what I'm really wanting to say is that, uh, you know, nothing's going to happen to Biden. He's not going to be reelected president. So we know that pretty much for sure by now. They're not going to kick him out. And he, he's pretty much Teflon Don right now. He, he Nothing's going to happen to him no matter what they find out he does. Okay, because so, he's got the numbers in the Senate. All right. So I got I got a couple of replies to that. First of all, I agree. Okay. Right now, from what we know, I don't see him facing any more than serious attempts by the Republicans to impeach, which probably wouldn't be successful in the end. And they might even get right. the articles of impeachment referred out of the House, but they still couldn't get it to the Senate. I know. Um, so, so yeah, I, I don't believe that's going to wind up being a thing yet. But then here's the other piece of this. Um, does he want to sit through the embarrassment of having to go through? I, I take it back. He won't quit. He won't resign. But there's going to be the opportunity now for the uh, House Judiciary and the House Oversight Committees to do all the investigations they want and to go down this road and just to yammer about it and yammer about it and yammer about it all they want to. And that's something that they hate because um, it may not be impeachable, but they hate being in the news cycle like this. And then the other thing that I think has to be considered is. One day soon, we're going to find out what those documents were. And if it truly was something that was very egregious, then it's a whole new ballgame, in my opinion. Oh, I, I have uh, every, uh, every you know, notion that he's probably, you know, the Chinese have, 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 have these documents. Well, what are we talking about secret documents, top secret documents anyway? Lord knows how much stuff is out there in the ether, you know. I mean, anybody could take a snap of picture, you know, the cell phones and stuff, and, and you know, they're not scrutinizing all this stuff in, in the government. Uh, I mean, they, as, you know, they're, they're selling all this stuff, and that's how come everybody's becoming gazillionaires. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, really. I mean, you, why would the Chinese stick all this money in this little uh, Biden uh, Penn State thing? You oh, know? they were buying so, influence. Uh, they were definitely buying influence. There's no way around it. Well, Hey, and uh, might even buy more than that. <laughs> hey, Jeff, I got to grab another call here before I hit the break, man. Appreciate you. You right. uh, you stay safe, Have buddy. A good one, Phil. You too, man. Thank uh, you. Line two. Let me jump over to uh, Ralph from Huntsville. Hey, Ralph, how you doing? Hey, uh, Phil. Just very quickly, I'm a former FSO. Outstanding. Uh, I had to deal with TS uh, TS material and stuff above for years. When somebody goes to the safe to take out a top secret document. There has to be another person who is, has clearance who also signs the fact that the document is taken out and verifies that the, the document number is correct. Then that document is brought back. The same procedure is followed. You don't just stick it back in the, in the safe. You have to have it verified. There's a chain of custody that is unlike what is done at secret level. What I'm thinking is happening here is they have started trying to find the chain of custody and have found that Oh, hell, these are copies of unauthorized copies. Yep. That's called espionage, Phil. Uh, Ralph, I, 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 I totally agree, and I've experienced the same. And if, uh, if somebody went to a, uh, 
a zipper net and hit print, or if they went to the uh, the TS uh, copier, which they shouldn't have, um, and then walked away with it, you're right. That's the kind of thing that brings down careers of somebody who's uh, lesser in stature than a vice president. So we'll see how it plays out. Yep. Uh, I know a one-star general who got uh, booted out because he was reading uh, secret documents on an aircraft, oh, wow. uh, public aircraft. Wow. And wow. he uh, lost his star. Well, um, you know, so, this is the kind of thing go. that we're going to wait and see how the double standard plays out. But, um, but Ralph, hey, appreciate you. Thanks well, for your service, I, too, I, Ralph. There's going to be, yes, sir, there's going to be a lot of people go to jail on this one because the chain of custody and this, uh, you know, when you talk top secret, uh, there's a reason what that means. That can cause, uh, that can, not just may, it can cause grievous harm to our country. Absolutely. Secret is a different, a lower level act activity. Ralph, got to go to a break, man. Appreciate your service and thank you again take for care. the call. All right. Yes, Boomer, sir. take Bye-bye. us to a break, man. I ran about a minute and a half long, so this is going to be a quick one when we come back. But, uh, folks, I don't know that, Boomer, we may not get to Triple Dipper number three. We may not. Have you looked at the text thread? I just looked and Good it Lord. is blown up again. Can't okay. Keep up with this. I haven't even. You know what? I haven't even <laughs> talked about the first document in my stack, and they're not marked classified. Nope. We'll be right back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, covering all of North Alabama, solid conservative and just plain right. Hey, uh, while we're talking legalities of paper trails, let me step aside and talk about some of my friends who work in the legal world. You've heard me talk about Riley and Jackson Law Firm. So they're based out of Birmingham, but they work statewide. Riley and Jackson is doing amazing work, and they've got a number of our Right side listeners now as clients. They told me this the other day. I was talking to them a few days ago. And uh, and so, folks, these are friends of mine. I know these folks personally. They do great work. I, I know them both, uh, I guess you could say, politically and legally, all right? Uh, they have made a career out of assisting people who have been harmed by the negligence of others and trying to make them whole. So a couple things they're working on you might want to know about. Camp Lejeune water contamination, all those things you saw on TV and radio, they're real. Like, it's been confirmed like 19 different major illnesses attributed to a confirmed water contamination case at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. If you were there as a service member or a dependent or a contractor or whatever between the years 1953 and 1987, then you may be eligible for a claim. Call Riley and Jackson. I'll give you the number in just a minute. You can talk it through with them. Here's the other one they're working on. They told me that they're working on this thing where if you were a firefighter or in the military using firefighting foam, and you may well then have been exposed to a carcinogenic version of firefighting foam. If that's the case, Riley and Jackson's working that also. And they are taking clients now, and they will assess the, the claim with you and tell you what you've got. They will not charge you for this phone call. All right? You call, tell them your facts, they'll talk to you, and then if they need to, they'll send somebody out to see you. But the reality is, They are working with a lot of our right-side listeners now, apparently. 
So here's the deal. Riley and Jackson, I'm going to give you their phone number. You ready? 205-879-5000. That's Riley and Jackson, 205-879-5000. You call them. They won't get paid unless you get paid. And you tell them you heard about it on Right Side Radio. I certainly would appreciate it. Here's that thing I got to do. You ready? <gasps> no representation made. The quality legal services be formed according to the quality legal services for the lawyers. I'm not sure if I spoke English on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that was even English. How many, how many, how many, how many lawyers? <laughs> That's what he heard. That was good though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could go ahead and just do that very slowly. No representation <laughs> is made that the quality of them legal services to be performed <laughs> is greater in any freaking way. <laughs> Here, hold my beer. Hold my in any freaking way than the quality of them legal services performed by some other two-bit lawyer down the road. <laughs> and, of course, you have to do it with that accent. That's right. When you slow it down, <laughs> you got to add the accent to it. I don't know why I do that. <laughs> this makes me talk slower, and I go back to my roots. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it makes you feel better. Yeah, that's right. Here. Watch out for that Here. Corvette. Oh, watch this. <laughs> nothing good, by the way, nothing good ever came from something that started off with, oh, watch this. <laughs> hey, y'all, watch <laughs> this. And I can't tell you how many times I've gotten hurt right after I say that. That's <laughs> exactly the point. Here, here, hold my beer. I'm going to stick my hand under this log down here in the creek and see what grabs it. Watch this. No. Don't do that. Have you ever done noodling? Have you ever been noodling? I've I have not been noodling. I'm not gonna go noodling. I'm not either. I don't want my my arm to go inside a giant daggum fish. Well, I mean, I'm you know no, <laughs> no thank you. Who does? Who's? I want to know who's the first person to do that. The very first redneck to get down in the water and submerge themselves and stick a hand up under a lock a log or a rock to see if something would bite it. I would like to know the first person to do that as well. I saw an episode of like Dirty Jobs or something like that where they did this, and they're pulling out monster catfish, and you know, and every one of them was like, "There you go, right there." There's you one. Oh boy, getting down the water wearing nothing but a pair of overhauls, you know. <laughs> How did we get on this topic? Oh, oh, we were talking real slow. Remember Riley and Jackson, real slow and no representation <laughs> is made. That any freaking legal work is being done better than no other lawyer could have possibly done it. That's the way we say it. Right? Don't go noodling. Don't go noodling. Here, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. We get paid to have fun. Yes. All right, folks. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We're going to the last half hour. Had a caller a minute ago. If you want to call back, we'll take it. We're going to finish up the paper trail because I got stuff I hadn't even touched yet. And the text lines are still going crazy. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Right Side Ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right.
Back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, covering all of North Alabama. Solid, conservative, just plain right. I'm talking about we are way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gaston, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. They do noodling in all of those places, too, by the way. Raven from <laughs> Russellville just texted in and said, I used to go noodling with my uncles when I was younger. What was I thinking? I don't know, Raven. That's a bad <laughs> idea, dude. And then uh, I've got on here, uh, JT from Lacey Springs says, Right Side Radio, where you hear up to 10 dippers a week. Oh, <laughs> oh you know. <laughs> hey, oh. Was that, there was one about the first. That was first JT noodler. also. I was about to say, <laughs> JT also said the very first noodler was Bubba Two Fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder why he only had two fingers. And Leanne from Huntsville, which I'm hoping means she's for this, says no triple today. So anyway, no triple. <laughs> um, hey, I got a caller on the line. Let me jump over there real quick. Is that Kareem? Kareem from Huntsville. How you doing, my friend? How you doing today, Phil? I'm good, brother. What's up? Now, I'm sitting here thinking about this secret document thing, you know. Yeah. So, and this is why I think Joe Biden has the best luck in the world, because, you know, I really don't care what really happens to him. My whole thing is get rid of Trump. But if he was the former president and he would have got caught with the, with the documents, he could be held accountable. But it's just his luck that he's actually the president now. So... Remember before they said he could just wave his hand and classify him declassified. So, so, so you you think that he's that gonna guy? you think he's gonna have the brass to to pardon himself? I'm just trying. I'm just trying to tell you is is he can. He's the president. Wait. That was the whole argument behind <laughs> Trump, and he wasn't even the president. He was the former president. So we have somebody that's actually the president who's actually supposed to look at classified documents even though that they old, wouldn't he be able to just declassify them now as president? He, That's why he's, it's, it's like he's so lucky he just keep hitting, you know, keep hitting home runs. So here, I mean, look here, at the midterms. Here's the problem you got. Here's the problem you got. If you break the law in the past, you can't excuse yourself for having broken the law in the past by saying the law no longer applies now. You, you, you can't have retroactive. I, I, I you can't that. have retroactive application of a change in the law. It's what the law was at but the time. But we already know we don't hold presidents or former presidents uh, accountable for their actions. Uh, so that's, it was, uh, it's really like a nothing burger, and everybody's going to jump on it and say, "Oh, he has." Documents to get him, get him, get him. Where they know nothing is not going to happen to this man, and then he could use his senile part and say, "I just forgot about him." <laughs> well, he's already said that until he remembered they were next <laughs> yeah. to his Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just he just forgot about him. You know, he's a hundred years old. I told you, it's like. So what? What do you what do you think? Do you see this as being on par with Trump, or do you see Trump being worse? Well, you know, I always see Trump as being worse. I'm just going to be 100, 100 percent with you. But all I'm saying is that if Trump was in handcuffs or he, you know, he didn't get his special master and his special treatment, then Joe Biden wouldn't be allowed the same thing. So, you know, it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. He's not held accountable, so we can't hold Joe. Let us hold Trump accountable and then hold Joe. Okay. Because we don't want him 2024. Okay, here's the flaw. You know what I'm saying? Let him here's, do what he do. Here's the flaw. Here's the flaw. You ready? The flaw in your argument. I just dawned on me. The flaw in your argument was 
Trump has said that while he was president, he already declassified the documents because he had the authority to do that. Therefore, it was not illegal for them to be outside of their sort of classified storage areas. But they said but it vice like that, right? But, but vice president did not have the authority to declassify anything. He can't now retroactively declassify and claim that he was in a better position than Trump because Trump was already exonerating mm-hmm. himself in the day. No, he's still the president. <laughs> okay, how you cut it? He's still the president. All right, so well, we'll, we'll we see. We'll see how your boy plays <laughs> out. All I know is, all I know is, he stored him with his Corvette, which burns fossil fuels. How you like that? And and I can really believe he forgot him. You know, he forgot he had a pen in his top pocket today. You I, know, I, he I, I, <laughs> so that's what it is. All right, Kareem, appreciate you, man. Have a good one. Yeah, that's awesome. Forgot he had a pen in his pocket today. Mm. Yeah. 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 Did it's, you see uh, who sent the picture of the who was Corvette? It? Who was it? It was John from Lexington, South Carolina. Oh, I see it right there now. Let me let me go back to it real quick. John, <laughs> I mean, it's a big old pile behind that. There's Corvette. a pile of boxes back there. <laughs> so John from Lexington sent a picture about <laughs> about <laughs> Joe Biden literally pulling his uh, his Corvette out of a garage. It's a good looking Corvette too, by the way. It is. Uh, I'm a classic car. I'm a muscle car guy, but I'm I'm Ford Ford and, and Dodge first. But um, but I'm or Plymouth actually. I love the Hemicudas. But uh, I see a pile of boxes back behind his Corvette. I reckon there could be classified documents in that very picture. Who knows? <laughs> but you know what's so wild is they sent the staff over there to root through his garage. <laughs> they did. I mean, does anybody not? Does, I mean, what the heck? So like we've they, got like interns. I don't know. It just says AIDS. Biden's AIDS Biden's have AIDS. gone to his house. Wait, which AIDS? It could have been healthcare AIDS. I, I mean, who knows? I don't know. It could have been. But it, I th- who was it that just the, brought up the the, the fact, lady who cleans the house? I don't know. <laughs> the fact that um, you know they found all these classified documents. Were they? Were they? Cl- were they? Yes, it's a great point. Right. Did they have clearance Someone to see these documents? Yeah. What the, the? But then that goes back to. And now I'm being serious. Did they did they know they were going to go get certain documents, or were they told to go check out those boxes because the president believes he may have something and he's not sure what it is? Mm. Um, if they went over there innocently and they stumbled across documents, it's not their fault. If they went over there knowing there was TS level documentation in a box and they did not have a TS clearance themselves, then, then yes, you got a problem. Um, and now, of course, if if they didn't have the clearance level and they saw it anyway. I, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm speculating now. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm done. All right, <laughs> <laughs> move on. All right. So, so listen. A couple of things here. You 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 got to You got to hear. Um, I mean, I I feel like we've covered the details pretty well. Uh, do know this. Uh, Merrick Garland had no choice today. You could tell he didn't. Merrick Garland had to go ahead and appoint a special prosecutor today to investigate this entire situation. He has to. He cannot possibly preside over the DOJ that is persecuting Trump, persecuting, prosecuting, how you look at it, uh, over classified documents being outside of their classified storage and not have the same level of application of the law to somebody on the other side of the political spectrum. You can't do that. It's too high profile. Now, Hillary Clinton got away with it. Don't ask me how. But you can't have it at the level we're talking about right now where it's so visible. that So basically today they did appoint a special prosecutor. Um, and then one of the things that I was going to point out today too that I thought was hilarious 
And, and, and I don't think he, you know, Peter Ducey gets so under Biden's skin. Peter Ducey from Fox News gets so under Biden's skin, so much so that Biden even got caught hot miking when Ducey was asking him a question. Biden sat there mumbling to himself, stupid SOB. And, and about a reporter daring to ask a reasonable question. Well, Peter Ducey asked today, I, I think Biden was walking out to Marine One and, you know, he stopped by the reporter's uh, 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 pool over there. And, uh, and Ducey just flat out asked him, uh, in your garage, what were you thinking? And it didn't go over very well. Um, I will tell you this, Alabama's own Mike Rogers, uh, Congressman Mike Rogers, now the House Armed Services Committee chairman, is, according to Fox News, dated today, is demanding answers from the Pentagon on whether or not President Biden's improper storage of classified information resulted in, quote, any damage to national security and information on whether Defense Department officials are working in coordination with the U.S. attorney to review the matter. Uh, he wrote to the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security, Ronald Moultrie, and the Director of Defense Counterintelligence and Security, William Leitzow. So he's asking basically, hey, DOD, I'm the House Armed Services Chairman. I want to know, are you guys working with this? Because we don't know what was in there. Were these military DOD-related intel reports? Were they civilian State Department-type things? So the, the point made, Rogers, our own Alabama Mike Rogers made, he says, quote, I write to inquire whether you have been contacted to cooperate with the U.S. attorney and or are conducting an independent investigation based on your own authorities. He said it is critical to assess whether possible national security damage, particularly to DOD equities, resulted from any improper storage, handling, or disclosure of classified information stored in a closet of a non-government entity, entity like the Biden Center. Good for you, Mike Rogers. Thank you very much. Um, now, let's do this. I tell you what, Boomer, uh, let's go ahead and take the break. I'm about a minute ahead of schedule. I'm going to come back and wrap it up with some information about the Biden Center, the Penn Biden Center. I think you're going to want to hear this. Like, what's the, what's the lay of the land? And by the way, John from Huntsville, no triple dipper, man. You just have to get over it. <laughs> He's texting me right now. <laughs> he said, you know how to count to three, right? Yeah, I, I maintain my editorial rights. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, Double Dipper Day. We'll be right back. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative and just plain right and taking so much grief from my audience about the triple dipper right so now. much grief so much grief i <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna assume i'm gonna go ahead and assume I, this is nothing but love this is this it is probably like, is uh, <laughs> it's just it's just uh you know some uh i got nudging yell i got bit. right here uh yeah jim from madison says right side radio where the triple dipper is always aspirational over promise and under deliver <laughs> <laughs> thanks jim appreciate you uh paul from madison said you could just call it the big dipper and, and boomer and i read that and laughed and uh, I thought, okay, then what we're going to do is on the days we have two, we'll call it the Big Dipper and the Little Dipper. That's, that's right. It was just a Big Dipper, Little Dipper Big day. Dipper, Little Dipper day. That's right. And, uh, you know, I, uh, my actually father-in-law just texted me and said, 
I like Double Dipper Days. <laughs> That's a lot of information. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I know I like your father-in-law. Um, John from Huntsville says, maybe Biden didn't know he had those classified dockets because I don't think he's smart enough to know what the word classified means. That's John from Huntsville. Uh, John from Lexington, South Carolina. Um, uh, what he, he sent, there was something else he sent. Oh, he sent that picture. He's the one that sent the picture of the Corvette, right? Yes, it yes. was. Yes, that was. That's, that's, that's John from Lexington. He also just sent in and says, the special counsel appointed was Mr. Her. Her's background, he was a top aide to Deputy AG Rod Rosenstein and was special assistant and counsel to now FBI Director Chris Ray. Oh, great. Wonderful. Just got a checkered background. Okay. Um, and then uh, uh, what do we got here? We got a number that did not tell us who they are. It says Biden documents taken to a place for research, all caps. Students and researchers could apply to view those documents without security clearances. Wow. Better not have. I uh, hope you're wrong unknown person who didn't tell us your name and where you're from. Uh, Dustin from Hazel Green. He says, you guys know, all caps, you guys know that Bush and Obama are going through every piece of paper in their garages right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. Um, who was it? I'm trying to find the one that sent me in. Uh, it's hard to shuffle through I some, all I had these. so many great tech. Mike from Huntsville, back on the, uh, the noodling thing. Mike from Huntsville says, we were snake hunting for my wife, her biology class, and a snake fell in the water with us and went under a tree. And I reached my hand in there real quick to grab it. And I thought to myself, that's a really stupid thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you knew what kind of snake it was when you reached, because I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, uh, where are we at here? Somebody just sent me, uh, who was it? Leanne from Huntsville. Leanne, she says, she sent me a picture, says, doing good, single, double, triple. Um, <laughs> you know what? When you got good content... <laughs> And lots of listeners and call-ins. Okay, so bottom line, let me go to my thing here. Where'd it go? So there was a piece that came out on Fox today. Um, wrapping this section up here. Hunter Biden, China, the classified documents, mysteries swirl around the Penn Biden Center. Keep in mind what I said earlier. I've not heard anybody address this per se yet, but uh, the Penn Biden Center, where the first round of documents were found, uh, did not even open until 2018. Biden had already been out of office for a year. So did somebody bring him documents from the White House after he had left the White House? Or did he take them when he left, and who knows where they were in the year interim before they were chucked into a closet in his office at the Penn Biden Center? Well, the Penn Biden Center has now found itself in all kinds of mess. They didn't want to be trending, but yes, they are. It says within weeks of leaving the vice presidency, under former President Barack Obama in January 2017, Biden became the Benjamin Franklin Presidential Practice Professor at the University of Pennsylvania, an honorary position. Discussions about the elder Biden's future involvement, though, had begun. They long predated the end of the Obama presidency, according to emails we have now seen in Hunter Biden's infamous abandoned laptop. Um, and those have been verified. So Hunter Biden was apparently in 2016, 2016, April 2016, was emailing back and forth with somebody from the creative artist agency named an agent named Craig Gehring. Apparently they had an agent helping them find a gig for post politics. Says that uh, Gehring listed apparent plans that were discussed for the vice president to include one for wealth creation with no further explanation. Another included a apparent reference then to a Penn Biden center in Washington, DC with a possible job opportunity for Hunter himself. Wow. These emails are, these exist, by the way. And they, they went on to talk about these things in the emails. I won't go into all of them. 
one of them was, though, Hunter replying to the idea of doing this is, but, all caps, please keep this very confidential between us because nothing is set in stone. Still a lot of sensitivity, you think? And then just 10 days prior to that email, though, records indicate that Hunter was scheduled to attend a meeting with his father at the White House with the president of Penn University. Huh. Uh, it says it's not clear if the meeting at the White House actually took place, but it was scheduled. Um, and so that brings up a question itself. Were they meeting on White House property to discuss a personal gainful opportunity using the leverage of the White House to help make it happen? That's a Listen, and by the way, if you don't know, like, like for instance, I can remember in um, Montgomery having a meeting uh, at an office that was an off-site office that was actually um, rented by the campaigns of one of the officials running for office in Montgomery because they could not have, they're not supposed to by law, have those campaign-style meetings in official office space. In other words, Governor Ivey can't talk about her campaign in detail. She can't have her campaign manager come to the Capitol. You can't do that. It's got to be an off-site meeting at a place that is campaign-oriented anyway. So here we have Biden having meetings at the White House. Joe Biden then left the vice presidency on January 20th, 2017, and was hired as a professor at Penn less than four weeks later, where he was paid a total of $776,000, nearly double what full-time Penn professors would normally make during that same time. The magazine, uh, Philadelphia Magazine, reported at the time that the former vice president's professorship was really more of a speaking residency. In other words, he just came and went. He showed up on campus six times. $776,000, each for showing up on campus. He said it's been on campus so infrequently that it became news when he was actually there. And then the Penn-Biden Center opened in February 2018. There have been 10 senior Biden administration officials hired to their current positions in the Biden administration after having spent time on staff at the Penn-Biden Center, including... Secretary of State Antony Blinken, Undersecretary of Defense for Policy Colin Call, White House Counselor Stephen Reschetti. I mean, these all worked at Penn Biden. Penn also, by the way, took in $77 million in gifts and contracts from China between 2014 and 2020. That's Obama administration era timeframe through Penn Biden timeframe. Penn also struggled to explain a $3 million donation from a 2019 Hong Kong shell company tied to a Chinese national and businessman. And the university also received $12.8 million in gifts from China, March of 20 through June 2022. And additionally, the university reported at least $2.8 million in China contracts. I'm just telling you, man. And, and by the way, Penn received all that money from China. Penn is the one that funded the Penn Biden Center. Money is fungible. Money comes from China. Money passes through to the Penn Biden Center. Penn Biden Center pays a healthy salary to the Biden family, and documents wind up stored there that shouldn't have been there. I'm just telling you, the whole thing stinks. Whole thing stinks. Here, watch this. That's what I say. That's what I say. If I, hey, if y'all, I, watch this. If I, if I was, if I was noodling for information right now, I'd say, here, watch this. Stick my hand into that log and find you a pile of classified documents. That's probably what happened. Stored right next to a Corvette. <laughs> God almighty. Man. Bless you, Lord. All right. Hey, folks, what an amazing day. You guys made this an amazing show. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was a big dipper, little dipper day. We'll get to three tomorrow, we hope. Tomorrow's Friday. You guys have an amazing night. Boomer and I back here at two. We'll see you then.
right side ruffians out there, 